morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. We should really pre-record that so I don't have to remember to do it every time. No, I don't <laughs> think so. Difficult. If that's well, stretching your the, brain. We'd lose the spontaneity, you think. Something like that. Um, okay, getting back to the top of the agenda. We have some email and some feedback. Because we Excellent. begged for it. I don't think we begged for it. I think we... We we prompted and we asked. I think that's that's acceptable. I don't feel shame at all. So Mark sent us a message from. Now we've had email from other people outside of New Zealand before, haven't we? This isn't like our well, first. Well, I think we have, but it surprised me that we've actually got two pieces of feedback from Australian listeners. Greetings from Canberra, Australia. Woot. Um, this this one's my favourite feedback. I think. So, Mark says, thanks for your podcast. The Cusp is one of my favourite podcasts. And there's some other stuff. Okay, next one. No, there's more to it. That wasn't funny. I'll cut that bit out. Right. One of my favourite podcasts. I should add that, although I have never been to New Zealand, The Tall Dwarfs is one of my favourite bands and The Almighty Johnsons a favourite TV series. Go New Zealand. I, have, I must say that I've never watched the Almighty Johnson. I've never heard of the Tall Dwarfs. I do, have not heard of the Tall Dwarfs. I the have Tall Dwarfs seen... are not our. Um, they're obviously not our. Um, basketball <laughs> yeah, basketball team. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought when I first read it. But then I said, and he said favorite bands, and I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. apparently, Tall Dwarfs is a band. Almighty Johnson's is a is actually if it's the one I'm thinking of. Is a quite a good TV series. Uh, yeah, I've um, heard it is good. Um, but that's not actually. Ever they're all like um, Norse gods or something, right? That's that's the Almighty Johnson's. Right. Oh, that's okay. great! It's absolutely great. They're all actually Norse gods. Um. Uh, Mark says I had an idea purely to annoy Scientology. If I was ever lucky enough to win Lotto, I was going to lease the building opposite Canberra's Scientology Centre and open a Lord Xenu Centre. <laughs> to celebrate the Scientology devil, my centre would consist of a large screen TV, some comfy chairs and a bar fridge, and a large Lord Xenu sign facing the Scientology building. Regards, Mark. I have to say, I that think, is quite possibly I think we should crowdfund one of that. the greatest <laughs> ideas. <laughs> I have ever heard him. Although he, he might want to keep some of his um, money aside, ready for when he gets sued. sued. Yeah. Why would he be sued? Because Scientology. Scientology yeah, but they wouldn't have sue any... anybody. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't have a and you know what on. that reminded me of? And I was going to look this up so I could actually sound like I knew what I was talking about. I can't, th- I can't remember what it was called, but I think it's like the Rainbow House or something. Some people banded together and they bought the house opposite the Westboro Baptist Church. Yes. And they painted it with all rainbows. And now yes. it's like this hangout, LGBT people go and hang out. And it's a big, I don't know what they actually do there or anything. but um, Oh, obviously you have loads of wild sex. Probably, and, out on know, the front lawn. Yeah, and, you know, absolutely. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's LGBTQ. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm very sorry. I'll just go outside and chain that's, myself that's so to the last railing. decade. No. <laughs> oh, well, yellow. Um, okay, well done. Good job. Uh, good idea. And Susie's going to uh, give us a link later to her, um, I was going to say Kickstarter, but Indiegogo, because you're never going to get that on Kickstarter. Um, yeah. Uh, so the other That's message is Pierre LeCount, Count, 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 I don't know. Cool name. It is. Sounds very French. Count mm. Pierre sent a message. Um I am basic agreement about Tony Abbott and conservatives in general re-climate change. Wait, what did he say? 
I think he missed out the word in, but we yeah. we'll give him that. Will we? I am in basic agreement about Tony Abbott and the Conservatives in general reclimate change. Oh. It is a shame, possibly due in part to Al Gore championing the issue, that it is seen as a political issue. What info is used for the three point five million spending in Western Australia University and and its thoughts on climate change? So this uh, is hang, based on, hang on, hang on. There's a PS there that everyone yeah. just skimmed over. Oh, oh, okay. right. PS, love, the, love podcast. the podcast, and I listen to about 20, 30 per week walks traveling before sleep. So out of his 20 and 30, um, he loves our podcast, so that's quite good. Now, so his first line there, he's saying he's in agreement with, with Tony Abbott. Yeah. I don't normally like doing this. It always feels a bit awkward when you put audio into a podcast after it's been recorded. But... I've checked the email that Pierre sent us, and he says he's in basic agreement about Tony Abbott, not with Tony Abbott. So, uh, yeah, just pretty much ignore everything we say about Pierre from this point on. Sorry, Pierre. Uh, anyway, and up, so this is the story that a climate um, denier, essentially, uh, was given some money or university in Western Australia was given $4 million to fund this new centre um, by somebody who is a climate change denier. And uh, after what's possibly a little bit of pressure, the University of Western Australia has handed back the money. Um, but the education minister has said that he will find another university that will host the this, this centre. So the story's not over yet, but um, the University of Western Australia is not taking part. Mm, Good. Interesting. Guess, so, so sort of. uh, well, I'd be interested to know why Pierre is in base. Pierre is in basic agreement with Tony Abbott. That was what I was trying to get out. That is know, a. I was that trying to read a, that first sentence and make sure that's what he actually meant to say. Sounds like it. Okay. Mm. Oh, well, Which is good for interesting. You, I guess. We'll have to um, agree to differ. Probably. Um, right. I don't think we're, I was going to say invite him to um, to start a, a discussion about that, but I don't think we want to have a discussion about climate change. To be honest. No. Um, it just seems really boring. Right. Um, okay. And our no. third piece of feedback yes. came from. I, was, um, I, was, I, a, I almost skipped it because I didn't think a, it was all that important. Well, actually, <laughs> it is, I think. A Ms. Leela Moses. Hello, Leela. Hi, uh, We claimed on the podcast that Philip, Philip was the only confirmed listener. Her comment is Philip is the only confirmed listener, is he? So rude. <laughs> is he? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Yes. Um, so. Now, in fairness. Craig said that, and then I immediately said something along the lines of, I know there are other people that listen to the podcast as well. <clears throat> I, think I don't know though, that Leela, to be honest, would uh, be one of those that I would Leela, have listed, because I don't know if she's ever actually said anything to me about it. Well, well, Leela, I know, is a listener to the Irreligiosophy podcast, which is the one true podcast. Is it? And she will be in trouble now because she is <laughs> whoring after other podcasts. So, uh, Leela, oh, hang on, I'm gonna, that I, will I'm get gonna you object back. to your um to your use of of uh of the word whoring. <laughs> she will she will understand. Okay. If you listen, I to assumed that it was podcast, a quote of some sort. That that is the. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just object to it. Right. Anyway. Okay. You're objecting. I yeah. I agree. I shall cool. shall watch my language. <laughs> I have been reprimanded. <laughs> um, notice board, Susie. What um what are talks are you giving over the next few months? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and quite a lot actually, but I have no idea where and when. Okay. But yes. 
I just thought of something to add to the... Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, if I had known about the um, the Little Shop of Horrors in uh, live cinema in Auckland, before, which I did know about, but I hadn't actually been, I hadn't realised how awesome it was which until last Have night. Have you been? Yeah. Oh. It was brilliant and it finished tonight, and so this sorry. Is, uh, oh. It was absolutely fantastic. And this is the 1986 Little no, Shop? No, this is the 1960s original, original film. Right. With the entire oh, the actual film, sa- yeah, the actual yeah, film yeah, yeah. with the entire soundtrack, uh, backing every every sound, everything, sounds of doors opening, everything done by four musicians live on stage who are um. also kind of pulling jokes on each other while they're trying to do it. It was absolutely hilarious, and I'm very sorry if I'd known about this last month, I would have suggested you go and see it. Damn. Um, yeah. What else is coming up? There's the documentary festival coming up. Uh, I'm not sure what's on it that but there'll be stuff yep um skeptics in the pub is still happening i assume yeah and then there's also skeptics um activists meetings as well i was going to mention that because they um they're a thing uh, now there's uh uh, there's an auckland branch that meet in auckland now and there's the original wellington branch um we can probably put a link to them in or something yeah and what else is going on um what else is going on Oh, well, there is a conference, conference coming up in later in the year. Is it? In Christchurch. Was it? What conference? Yeah. What? The New Zealand oh, the actual Conference. The actual. Oh, yeah, I knew about that. That's fine. Yeah. We'll put like the dates we in had there. one last year. Here. Yeah, 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 I just... Remember that's what that? I said. We just had one. What the hell? <laughs> Can't be another one already. <laughs> okay. So there's nothing much going on there to, in the notice board other than the regular events, is that what we're saying? Yeah. Cool. So... You all know how to find out about those. Join the Facebook groups, the Skeptics and the Cusp. Not that we post much. Um, news. Let's move on to news. Ah. Oh. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Everyone else wants to talk about this one. Even, <laughs> I even, think it's that's it, uh, worth it's mentioning. It's worth mentioning. Okay, It'll just, be old news by the time it this, will. Um, it already is, to be honest. Uh, Evangelical so, Christian family in child molestation cover up shock. Yes, Susie, basically. This, this one weird family, <laughs> you shocked. won't believe what we just found out of it. <laughs> um, so this US family, um, what? how do you pronounce their name? The Duggars. Duggars. Um, See, the news to me is that apparently there's a show on TV in America about this ridiculous religious yeah. family who are way, way too many children. Yeah. So uh, the show at the moment is called 19 Kids and Counting. Um when they started, it was some possibly some like fourteen kids and pregnant or something. Right. Um, so it's an evangelical Christian family who don't believe in using contraception. They're, um, they're part of the Quiver Fall movement. Oh, are they? Are they? Okay. Yeah, that um, makes sense. It basically. Anyway, says. they're they're obviously strong believers in Christian family values. They homeschool their kids. They only watch wholesome family TV and movies. <laughs> blah blah blah. They've been doing this reality TV they all show. They homeschool and everything, I suppose. Do they? I just said that. Oh, did you? Listen you? I wasn't listening. No. I, I never listened to anything else. Um, anyway, they've been starring in this reality TV show since 2008. And um, it's just been revealed that their eldest son sexually assaulted uh, some young girls, including some of his sisters, when he was a teenager. Um, he's now in his late 20s and um, he's been re- wor- um, working until a few days ago when he was sacked um, for a uh, kind of anti-gay organization called the Family Research Center. Uh, so in the statement they've said that at the time of the offending when he was in teens so kind of early teens it sounds like 14 I think um, he was he, 14 to 17 is the one of the quotes I saw the thing on his Facebook page is 12 years ago and 
He's twenty nine. Uh, he's twenty nine. Yeah, so presumably, yeah, no. until he was seventeen. I, um, I read. I read that he was fourteen when he started. Right. So anyway, so uh, he in the statement they say he admitted to his family and they went to the authorities uh, and um, that he and his victims were sent for counselling and um, and it was all kind well. Of, the authorities they went to apparently they took him to see a cop, a fifty-six-year-old cop, for a stern talking to, and that cop has now um, been, been charged, charged with child pornography. Gets even better. The counselling was the same thing though. The counselling that he went to. That was it. That, um, was the oh, that yes, guy's yes. also been charged with something. Yeah, as well. yeah. So, so the, it's a state trooper, and um, he's currently serving a sentence for child pornography. Currently, yes. So currently, possibly right. not yes. at the time, but whatever. And no, then the no, counselling, the counselling has also been done for something like um, molestation or abuse or something. Yeah. Well, it perhaps it's quite appropriate that he's on the family research council if he likes to keep it in the family. <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of uh, disgusting, and um, but of course it was so. It's obviously not taken any further, um, but it's all come out now. And of course, all the family are saying that it brought them all closer to God. So it was, you know, why they wouldn't wish it on anyone else. It was a positive experience. So it was God's intention that it happened. Obviously, um, and then there's a whole heap of people on their Facebook page supporting them, including this great quote. Not excusing doing it without consent, but teenage boys are curious. How many of you messed along and experimented before 18? <sighs> there you go. Well, I didn't have any sisters, so... There you go. <laughs> what is that? That means nothing! <laughs> anyway, that is just... That really sucks. Your Christian family values suck. And, uh, and it's just the whole, you know, that whole classic, why do you need to be a Christian to have values? And I don't want your values. Thank you very much. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. I'm done. Good. Thank you. So we'll move on to something good now. <laughs> well, let's learn on, uh, um, move on to robots robot, learning. No, I haven't even read the headline of this one. Craig. Robot masters something. So um, there is a, uh, a project at Berkeley University. Uh, well, that was presumably the um, University of California in Berkeley, yes. in that um, they have now got um, robots learning how to do stuff uh, via trial and error. Mm. So learning, ground up sort of learning. Yeah, so ba basically using it? the principle of deep learning. Right. And uh, they're learning to do things like take the tops off bottles and stuff basically with trial and error and it's actually quite a good um, so it's given them a bottle and you say here's your objective well here's your objective to take the top off and this bottle and they smash it and then no, they no, no, no. hit it with they a hammer they, and then they're, they're using um, they're using techniques that are very similar to the way humans learn to do things right. so that you would sort of try your your brain is essentially learning how to grip something and turn okay. it with the appropriate amount of, of yeah, yeah, um yeah pressure and so on and and there's a video there to that you can watch which is pretty cool and when you actually see the robot performing the operation it looks very much like a human would actually do it hmm. it is quite cool um one thing that, that i was, was so cute. interested <laughs> they they keep having these weird acronyms for um for their research so the the robot is called brett um and brett stands for Berkeley Robot for the Elimination of Tedious Tasks. 
Um, and and they work for this um, technology uh, project called the Center for Information Technology Research in the Interests of Society, which is Citrus. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Obviously, on behalf of all scientists. <laughs> they spend sorry. half their time. Don't tell us you don't give acronym. humorous acronyms to your mice. Come on. We all know. <laughs> well, your projects. Anyway, so um this is this is kind of interesting in that um one comment I read about this article this morning was that once one robot learns how to do it, then the um, knowledge will be essentially transferable yeah, to yeah, other yeah. robots. I don't know whether that's the case. Why because not? if you if you think about how you learn, I mean, you you your brain is being structured based upon the experience that you're having, and if you had the sort of deep learning algorithm that allowed it to structure the the data that represented the neural network in a particular way, would that then be transferable to a to another robot? Yeah, but for all everyone's brains aren't exactly the same. No, exactly. You've got That's two robots saying. that are identical. If 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 a robot essentially starts off as a, essentially a clean slate that you're teaching it stuff yeah then could you then take that teaching and just apply it basically copy and yeah, paste yeah, yeah, yeah. to another because robot. it's not storing the information the same way a brain would it's storing more a series of algorithms rhythms that can be represented as some sort of code you take that same code and give it to another robot it's move your left arm open your fingers close your fingers rotate the other wrist bloody bloody blah, blah, blah and it's going to work it should work the same Sure, presumably it has exactly the same experience. So it doesn't matter you, about the experience. You have... What you're effectively doing is you're giving that robot the experience yeah, I guess of so. the other robot. I guess so. And mm. that's 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 a file. And then there's another file where this robot learns to um, throw a cat. I don't know, whatever. And then you can take <laughs> right. that and give it to the other robot. Maybe. They don't they don't overlap. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be it's, interesting it to see whether to it actually works out that way. Have you seen there it is. Um, but, Okay, finish your thing. Go on. But yes, so so this all all relates to the fact that I'm I'm reading this book at the moment by um, Marshall Brain, HowStuffWorks.com. Yes, yes. So he he has written this book called uh, The Second Intelligent Species: How Humans Will Become as Irrelevant as Cockroaches. So that this is essentially you're talking about um, some point in the future where uh, we get machine intelligence to a point where actually it is conscious and self-aware and, and all this sort of stuff and what the effect will be on society so it's an it's an interesting book and it's well worth well worth reading it's 99 cents or something on amazon if you get it on your kindle so um <laughs> okay it's a pretty cheap book it's, it's it is quite good but basically he's arguing for how we should restructure society to take advantage of um our robotic future and how all these people will become unemployed because they will be replaced by robots and it's it's all starting to happen at the moment right with google inventing self-driving cars mm -hmm. that that's at some point in the future going to put taxi drivers and truck drivers completely out of business they won't have a job because it'd be safer to have these self-driving yeah. vehicles yeah but the point is that and more efficient that, and faster and yeah you know <laughs> So how do this we... isn't the first time this has happened, right? Chimney sweeps are more or less out of, uh, you know. <laughs> sure. There, there are there are jobs that become obsolete, but that doesn't mean that those people. Sure, but don't you think that the the pace of technology is advancing, and it's going to put such huge classes of people out of work that they actually won't be able to find other work? 
Right. So he so what he's saying is they'll get to the point where computer vision is so good that you won't actually need retail assistance in stores because there'll be a robot that can essentially watch the store and so a whole bunch well, of well they, they, they just they make the shop assistants the... who can then go out and do something else. People who sure, would but what are they going to do? Well, they can sit around at home and watch TV. Yeah, No, they don't, because this is what we were talking about a couple of episodes ago, is it'll get to the point where the robots are doing all of the manual labour. Yes, exactly. And then we can just afford to sit around and do whatever the sure, fuck we want. Sure, but you can't afford to sit around if you have no income. But you don't need income. Right, but that's never going to change. Because the robots are making everything. Right, So, but the point is so at the moment is that... The, there's a concentration of wealth in society in that all of these business owners are, will be taking advantage of this technology to put people out of work and then reap the rewards themselves versus how if we could structure society so that everybody was reaped the rewards of this robotic future that mm. we all got paid this income, this basic income versus a minimum wage it is an interesting book. I would read, recommend reading it. It has some interesting ideas in it, not all of which I agree with. But mm. So that reminded me of two things. The first one was, um, have you seen the video of the robot surgery sewing up a grape? No. No, that sounds uh, awesome. It is. It's fantastic. You've got to watch it. It cut, it's, peels a slice off and puts the slice back on and then stitches it up. That Whoa. sounds very useful. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, that, and then well, that... There's an S uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal cartoon about robots have taken over, and the human is is lying on the couch. He's complaining. Is this is actually? I don't have to go to a job that I hate anymore. But it's like, you know how you get an itch and you scratch it, and the pain kind of makes it feel better. And then the robot's like, we have an app we can implant in your brain that can eliminate itching, and the human's like. Never mind, <laughs> and it was hilarious. I, that's not that's my my um, paraphrasing. Actually, paraphrasing right. off the top of my head because I can't find the damn thing. The right bad now. thing about the robotic future, though, is yes. that according to predict- predictions, it'll be all the menial jobs that disappear and all the creative jobs and the people that actually have to use knowledge in order to work. Yes, like me, yes. will still have to work. I don't like that oh, idea. I, I want to reap the rewards of the uh, the robotic revolution as well. No, but. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I want um, to sit around doing nothing and just get paid. <laughs> I just about everyone just, wants that. No. Oh. No one. <laughs> I had. I probably talked about this before. I had a conversation with with um, the, the directors of a of a small company I used to work with, and they were like, "If you could get paid what you get paid now, but not have to come to work, would you do it?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." And they're like, "We wouldn't." And I'm like, "No, screw that." That just shows a fundamental lack of hobbies. Because if you didn't have to go into work, no, every but it day, depends. I mean, Nathan, you could some do whatever people you like. actually really enjoy what they do for a living, well, and that can... would be their hobby. Okay, if you say so. Um, <laughs> if I won the lottery, yeah, right, you'd do research. I would. Yeah. I, it would okay, be it fine. would be awesome because it means that I could actually spend my time doing yes, research. But there are aspects of your grants. job that you hate. Well. Like writing grants. Like writing grants. Oh, only, no, anymore. actually, I enjoy writing grants. It's, it's the not being funded <laughs> that, that I don't <laughs> like. Okay. If we had higher rates of funding, that would be fine. It's the fact that you know it's a futile thing, but you have to do it. Yeah, sure, sure. 
the only reason and, we're doing it is and, because we need the I'm money to do what we need to do. There are lots of parts of my job that I enjoy doing. I enjoy writing code. Yeah, right. so, so you do all the other crap fun. around it. Sometimes. But, I mean, I like so. teaching people every now and then, but I wouldn't go in into the library every day and do it. I'd maybe right. have a side business where I could have a couple of clients a week. Right. You know, teaching old people how to send email, you know, <laughs> for fun. <laughs> oh, that must be tedious. <laughs> um, and repeat. I What this reminded me of is the interview with uh, Elon Musk about artificial intelligence. Right. Did you guys hear that? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, basically it's just about how we need to be really, really... Uh, intelligence careful. is pretty right. scary and we need to be really Could be really scary. Careful. Yeah, I don't know. And coming from somebody like him, it's definitely a message worth paying attention See, to. See, my, my, my opinion on artificial intelligence is that we won't be able to create it. It will just um, appear at some point. Right. And only appear on the basis of us building machines that mimic what the human brain does and how it goes about learning and how it goes about having all the sensory input and being able to reflect on that. I I don't know, I I don't know what, what the definition of consciousness is, but to oh, me I, I don't think I don't think we're going to be able to invent um, an algorithm for consciousness that we can then sort of replicate onto other machines. One of the claims, not, we, one of the we claims may not the, need to. What if we can generate an AI sure. that's intelligent enough that it can design... It bootstraps a, itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. It process singularity sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. One of the claims of this, of this particular book is that um, this once, once we get to machine consciousness, then... Yes machines will be perfectly logical and have access to all knowledge and won't have the um, the problems that humans have of, of all the emotions and all that sort of mm. stuff. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that's so because I think if you get to the point of having consciousness, then probably machines are going to have the same or similar sorts of problems that humans have. That's actually part of being conscious. But you don't know that. Because we've only got one example well of consciousness. Jealousy and, and greed and... Oh, in which case we're Wanting fucked. to have power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> in which case he's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like yes. those that he's putting his money where his mouth is. Sure. Yeah. So he'd made this $10 million uh, basically donation to um, yeah, to research right. around artificial intelligence and stuff. That's, that's mm, interesting. interesting. Anyway. I found that cartoon as well. I've put a link to it in the, um, in the show notes. Cool. It goes on a bit longer than I summarized, but it's quite good. Standard SMPC stuff. So space I should mining. put a link to the um, robot peeling grape as well. Everyone wants to see ah, that. Very good. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, should we move on to the next news item? What's uh, space mining? So this just popped in my news feed this morning. So I put it through, uh, sent it to the email, and here it is. So the House, by which they mean the uh, United States House of Representatives. Thank you, House yep. of Representatives, um, has just passed a bill about space mining. Of course. So um, I'll read the intro to the article. This is quite good. For as long as we've existed, humans have looked up at the stars and wondered, what is up there? Who is out there? Now, to that list of questions we can add, and can I have it? The United States has already shown its penchant for claiming ownership of space-based things. Um, and it says here, which I didn't even know this, that apparently there's six US flags on the moon. 
um, as the article says, in case any of you other nations start getting ideas. <laughs> and also that they've all faded to a stateless white. Hmm. Apparently all the flags that they put on the moon are all white. Right. So that's very interesting. <laughs> so we're Surrender. surrendering to the moon. <laughs> I didn't even thought of that. Um, well, it's a blank slate. Maybe that's where we get to draw our new flag. Hey, yeah. <laughs> you go to the Have moon. we talked about that? <laughs> We've only got a $26 million budget. I think get us there. <laughs> yeah. um, perhaps our... Oh, no, okay. Back to space mining. Space anyway. mining. So, um, the, <laughs> American lawmakers seem to be trying to guarantee property rights yeah, property rights for US space corporations. See, I just fundamentally disagree with this. Right? Well, I mean, the US... No, we none of us have any rights to do this. Well, you say that, but here's a problem. Let's say there is no law in space. Now, okay, the American law doesn't apply to us anyway. So we can completely ignore this if we happen to find ourselves in space with a mining spaceship. But <laughs> let's say for a second... Let's work on that. <laughs> that's another Indiegogo there. Um, let's say that... Um, I'd be writing is, all these down. <laughs> let's say that there is no law. And I want to go and mine an asteroid. Yeah. So I land on the asteroid. I stick a flag on it just so everyone knows it's my asteroid. And I start mining the asteroid. What's going to happen? There's someone with a bigger ship is going to come along and shoot my ship. Yeah. And now suddenly it's their asteroid. Yeah. And who's right. going to do anything about it? Because there's no law. So you have to have some sort of but you just said that the law again. doesn't apply no, to us no it doesn't but there needs to be I, this is i haven't even looked at the law uh, the, what they're trying to say so here what they it's, need is a some sort either of international law yeah that says here's what you can do you can claim an asteroid and that is your asteroid until <laughs> such for, for a certain amount of time or a period of or a certain chunk of the asteroid have we learned nothing about what we've done to earth then we're going to go off and start doing it on other planets? Not other planets. I'm just talking about asteroids. Well, well it, it seems that it's going to be a long way off before, before it's economically viable to mine space. <laughs> well, but. sure. Obviously, we need a space elevator first and, and a base on the moon and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's something that we should be thinking about, I think. Although, yes. obviously, the exact wrong people to be thinking about it are probably American lawmakers. <laughs> well, precisely. So, Anyway, what it says here, at any rate, is any asteroid resources obtained in outer space are the property of the entity that obtained such resources, which shall be entitled to all property rights thereto consistent with applicable provisions of federal law, which is hilarious because federal law literally applies to America. Um, it seems so like, that a, it seems seems like a good, good default position to take. Yeah, I mean, if you've, you've mined the resources to go out there and get the stuff, then you the stuff you've got in your ship belongs to you. And you can't, pirates can't come and steal it off you. Otherwise, but there's a whole industry there for waiting Susie for someone else to, to mine an asteroid. With us. Well, I just <clears throat> tell us about your your hippie commune no. that you're going to set up on this on this <laughs> no. asteroid. That, where just... Everyone owns nothing, and no, the, the no, mining but, well, belongs to everybody. Do you guys not want a future like Star Trek? Maybe <laughs> Star a little Trek. bit like is Star there, Trek. Is there something that? Well, I've you know, the, so we more, talked about that last week too. I think. But more egalitarian and um, sure, and and just it seems yeah, to me that one of the most unequal societies in the world, uh, whose model of how to do business is just 
fundamentally flawed. Okay. You know, not arguing that, with any of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, oh, I'm let's saying just is, expand it to to other to cover territories. Well. Yeah. In, in... And I think what I, what I'm saying is actually, okay. as a okay. society, as a species, we need to be thinking more deeply about what kind of world we want to live in, and one what kind of universe. Well, yeah, exactly. Yep. But, and, Let's restructure and... the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this, this, uh, yeah, I just I, don't think this is the way yes. to do it. I, I agree. In Star Trek, if someone mined an asteroid and then someone else came along and tried to take the <laughs> the stuff that they'd mined, the Enterprise would be the first ship there to defend the first ship because they mined the asteroid and the stuff that's on that ship either belongs to them. Or the company that they work for, well, or, unless they were, or the the federation that they're a part of, mm. right? And you can't just go around and take stuff off other people. That's all I'm saying. That's that's the basic fundamental underlying principle: is if you possess, but it's also, that you but, it's, but it's about that possession, right? Fairly, well, that did you obtain it fairly? You. No, you probably didn't obtain it fairly. Well, it's about landing on an asteroid that doesn't right. belong to anybody else. Well, yes. how do you but, know that? But, but okay, so because how, did, got a flag but how did you get that technology? To, and did you did you um, abuse other people right in order to create that technology that allowed right. you to get We're already assuming no, aren't no, we? No, 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 so yes, you're saying so that do you think if that Elon Musk builds a spaceship and lands on an asteroid and mines that asteroid, <clears> and I can somehow saying, get my ha- my hands on another spaceship. No, but that's the because point. Because I'm not Elon Musk. Right. I'm allowed to go and take his, the stuff that no, he's no, mined. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that not understanding that the fact that Elon Musk can, you know, that 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 there are things that have put him there that are about his sense his privilege in the world about how, how he has been able to have those opportunities that others haven't is a kind of interesting starting point for why it's it's why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer mm. and that's what i'm saying is the kind of thing that that's not the kind of universe we should be propagating we should be thinking about how we want our future to be that is more egalitarian and that people have more opportunities and and equal access to those opportunities right and then it is equally as easy as some for somebody else who's not Elon Musk to to have those up. Okay, I'm just, I don't I've know lost what, Nathan. We all want I, our I'm own not, rocket ships. I, I <laughs> it's basically do. what I'm saying. Okay. Absolutely, we yeah. all want our own rocket ships. Okay, yeah. But then, what happens when we get there? Let's say everyone well, has the a universe rocket is ship. a big place. <laughs> I'm it sure is. there's enough space. Well, there is, but <laughs> some space is closer than others. Okay, sure. Let's. I mean, there's. Let's say there's an asteroid out there and there probably is for every person on the planet <laughs> certainly a planet for you Nathan what <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is it, starting assuming everyone has equal ability to reach those asteroids right. there's going to be some people who will put in effort to mine the material and then there will be some people who say well why should I put in the effort to mine my own material when I can just go and take his stuff that he's mined that's something we are. We also need to think about. It's true. Okay, yes, good. That is true. Not, we'll think not, about I'm both those things. Do you think your thing and, and the thing <laughs> that I said? Do you think that some ET not at this time of the morning? I don't. What? That some ET species somewhere else in the universe might have evolved with a different set of 
morals and so on that might not be as greedy as humans are? Yeah, probably, but that's another discussion like consciousness. That or I is it, or, or is it that, that typically for species to become to the point where they are actually able to travel in space, that, that they have to start off as sort of greedy and have this competitive spirit? Not and... wanting to just start a discussion about that, but you've got to... <laughs> <laughs> You've got to. St- I think you've got to accept the fact that evolution is a competitive process, by definition, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So if a species survives, it does so at the expense of other species, and so there's a fundamental until it evolves a social consciousness. Sure. At which point you can overcome that. So it is possible that you could get a species that has what? Why is everyone looking at me like <laughs> I'm growing no, no, extra just fucking hair? Just letting you rent. Carry on. <laughs> Offering a suggestion of, of a way to think about. Anyway, should we move on? Let's I think I think on. we should, should scrap that and go. If anyone has any ideas about any of that, email us and we'll talk about it, and see what other people think. It's particularly experts. <laughs> so that was space money. Are we also going to talk about? No, just go straight to okay. New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh right. Okay. Well, that's. Um, hashtag. I want to give Destiny Church a conference. What? What the hell is <laughs> well, this? Destiny Church are having their conference and. Uh, so they've they've put this hashtag on Twitter called I want to give and um, it's predicted that they will get wads of cash from this um, so uh, they are expecting hundreds of people to attend their conference at their City of God headquarters in South Auckland the attendance costs $65 plus uh, church members can also buy a $15 booklet of personal revelatory notes penned by Brian Tamaki himself, the bishop. Right. Um, and, and so with this tweet that went out, there's huge stacks of newly minted $100 bills. Wait, and, what? Uh, yeah, we'll have a look at the article. There's the picture of the $100 the bills. Nice stacks of them. And uh, so he put out this tweet saying, the Bible speaks of blessing includes dollars too that overtakes you, time to be overtaken. So he spelled the... me wrong for a what? start. How can you spell me wrong? What's the alternative of spelling me? Well, he spelled it Y O U. Oh, all oh, right. But <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I'm yeah. Sure he hundred dollar oh, um, Did he not learn from the last thing where he was picking up all the money off the stage that people were throwing there? Yeah. Well, this is this is how he gets rich. This is um. So apparently, his charity uh, his charity is um, worth something like <laughs> oh, twenty sorry. million dollars. I've just had a look at the hashtag. It's a fantastic gift from somebody giving to, well, giving a person. Sorry, a huge well, kick in on, the Shia. balls. That's really. Wait, 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 wait. It's like oh, Superman. You've, you've hashtagged. Search the hashtag. I'll search the hashtag. Uh, Udon Monster has just put this great thing of of Superman essentially giving somebody a kick up the balls and then them flying off into the air. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! Nice. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so yeah, he's he's um, so his apparently that that particular Destiny Church is a charity and is worth twenty million dollars. I guess maybe uh, he's just trying they... to compete with Glory Vale. It's worth thirty six million. Do they qualify as a charity? Well, apparently they do. That's a they... lot of money to have inverted commas. Yep. Well, um, they. Are, that they found out this information by going to the Charities Commission. Um, so, yeah. 
Yes, accounts filed with the charity service show the church has amassed a $20 million <laughs> fortune in cash, property investments, and other assets as a result of its tax-exempt status. That's crazy. Yeah. Apparently, the the government gives them a million dollars. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. That's just... Oh, I'm so angry. So, don't attend their conference. And there's their um, giving is an act of faith. Expectation is an act of faith. Uh, yeah. Wow. That gif is hilarious. I sit that? here and watch this all day. Your right. chance, your blessing. God. Born in the fire. Oh moving on. Oh, we're moving on. Okay. I think so. Next yes. thing on the agenda is. Well, where I'm, is just, X I'm just going Machina? to. Yes, where is X Machina? Or <laughs> is it X Machina? Machina, surely. Donda Esther. X Machina. Yes. Right. Anyway, so. Um, this is a really cool sci-fi movie that I wanted to go and see, and it's not coming to New Zealand. What? what? I watched it last week. When oh, I, when I realised that the SGU were going to watch, well, how did talk you watch it? Well, how do you think you I, watched it? I acquired a copy, and then I <laughs> well, yeah, but it. I'd like to do the right thing and be able to pay money to see it. We'd like to do it legally. Like and it's what you're saying is, you want to you perpetuate the rich getting richer by giving your money to studio executives. <laughs> well, it's annoying that it's not coming here. Isn't it? Why really not? Like what, what's, what's, what the hell? What's, yeah, what the hell? Maybe they just didn't do the deal to show it in New Zealand cinemas. Well, it's just so, stupid. Why yeah, would they annoying. not do that? Was it good? Um, yeah, it was actually really good. Mm. Um, so right in the end, it turns out... No spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, um, this is... I mean, the the thing that I thought was going to be the twist wasn't the twist. Right. Um, okay. Which is interesting. And then there was another twist, which they sort of they sort of... It was in the movie. It was like, uh, is that going to happen? And then he did a thing, and then you found out, no, that wasn't it mm. either. Um, but apparently, it's a very cool <coughs> sci-fi movie, and um, the SGU. The SGU have they should be coming out today. Yes, the is. podcast where they're talking yeah. about. That's why I watched it because um, Evan Bernstein posted on Facebook. He said, "I'm right. going to go and sit down and watch this movie now. Don't spoilers." And so sure. I said, "Oh shit!" So we're not going to be able to listen to this episode until I've seen it. Mm. So uh, I downloaded it. If you want a copy, Craig, let me know, and I'll. Give you a copy, so you can listen. No, to I do not want your pirated copy. Okay, no nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Gotcha. Yeah, cool. Craig, Craig doesn't pirate. No, is it HD? Uh, I think the one I got was, but only seven twenty because I don't need that sort of God. file size on my computer. Right. Um. Anyway, so um, moving on. Um. So what was the question? Oh, where is it? As in, it's yeah, not New Zealand yet. What the fuck? That is a good question. Okay. Yeah. Got it here. I would just assume that all movies, um, unless they're like you know art house festivaly type movies, will just automatically be released everywhere. Well, I and think at the same time, your assumption is wrong. Then, gosh, I should. I think they have to make individual deals with um, companies and individual companies. And but still, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, you don't yeah, want to make exactly. any money. Yeah. You think you'd think that there would be enough interest in it? And it maybe um, that's gets what they a maybe they ninety-two percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I bet it did. No, it's a pretty yeah, good movie. It was, it was um it was very visually it was very nice it was well shot right. movie sure. well framed movie I this one of the um, things I can say about it personally especially in seven twenty p well it was not actually in seven twenty p because my my TV is not actually HD so <sighs> look I bought it in two thousand eight what do you want right I haven't got that sort of money lying around all right feedback I now, got this is not we... feedback for us this is no, feedback no, no, for no, NZ no. skeptics no I, I just, I just thought it. I would share this. 
So we got the New Zealand skeptics got a, um, a piece of feedback saying, "Subject never believed a skeptics group existed. How dismal!" Yep, that's what we now are. I read dismal. your view on homeopathy. So what do you say about the Queen having her own homeopaths? No, if no, it doesn't homeopathists. work. Homeopathists. Homeopathists. <laughs> yes. Okay. If it doesn't work, why on earth does she have her own? Oh my God. Hmm. Anyhow, oh my God. I never thought of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Homeopathy must be true. The, the Queen sheer... has homeopathists. Yes. Anyway, the sheer fact that a skeptics group exists means (laughs) that there are people spreading nothing but negativity. Negativity. Think about that. This is what you put out to the world. Nice, eh? Sorry, but I myself prefer to put out goodness and (laughs) open-mindedness rather than horrible skepticism and negativity, but each to their own. I'm just going to remove... No, I'm just going to go ahead and take the word discuss off the agenda there. (laughs) So we're not doing that. Because there is too yeah. many fucking. Are we going to do a? Do are we right. going to do a name that logical fallacy well, well, segment? Yeah. Is that what so we're doing? What is the logical fallacy of the queen having her own homeopathist? That is arguing from authority, authority slash popularity. Yeah, it's, it's look how this important person thinks mm. it's great. Yes, yeah. although we don't have any evidence she does think it's great, but I mean we don't care. But obviously this person does. does yeah. That the queen is some sort of authority. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that there may be a, a slightly well, different version the of Prince that. Prince Charles is a big booster. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yes, um, yes I had it's a also, bit of a If it doesn't that. work, why does she have her own? There's a separate logic fallacy there, I think. If it doesn't work, then why? I have to look that up. I'm not sure what that one is. Well, it's, it's kind of assuming um, perfect knowledge or something like that, isn't it? It's yeah, I don't like know. saying, well, um, if it's assuming perfect logicality really that you wouldn't do this if it didn't work yes I don't know maybe there's a logical fallacy for that an informal logical fallacy because it's a, yes, it's a, basically a non sequitur mm. anyway so that was some feedback we got do you know what I've been thinking about doing um, for a while I've been thinking about putting together a talk about reclaiming the word sceptic oh yeah scepticism I think I might do that. Hmm. Well, that leads because... on to the next part of the um, the quote, where she well, says that being negative and open she, yeah. Well, no, she says she prefers. Is it a she? It is. A, it was a she. Yes. Okay. Oh, I think I might have just assumed that. Um, I myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, goes, goes deep today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. <clears throat> I'd kick um, you, but I've got um, my slippers on, and I won't do much. You've got your pink slippers on. <laughs> I am. Okay, but this person, whoever it is, prefers to put out goodness and open-mindedness. And so there you've got the open-mindedness. Yeah. Is it a fallacy or just a, it's a bad well, argument it's, anyway? I think it's a misperception on her part as to what open-mindedness means or what yes. scepticism involves. That scepticism necessarily means that you are closed-minded. Where it's actually fact, the it's other way around. The other way around. Mm-hmm. Or at least from our point, is, is our argument Show me is. some evidence and we'll change our minds. That is the definition of open-mindedness, surely. So I guess the question that I want to ask is, did anyone reply to this woman well, and actually I, say that? Well, I did. I, okay. I did reply. If, and, what did what, what um, evidence would convince you that homeopathy was wrong? Does that make no, you no, closed-minded? No. I, no? I wrote a reply. Let him tell us what his reply was, well, Nathan. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually have access to it right here, but I did reply, and I was say thank you for your for your um, email, and um, 
and and talked about the the fact that the queen has a homeopathist uh, does not necessarily mean that it works um, and and then talked about the definition of open-minded and what skepticism is about and how we prefer to be positive and we're trying to prevent harm to people from being um, uh, subject to shonky claims that aren't mm. supported by evidence and so on anyway That's so nice I, replied, I, been. I replied and then the email bounced <laughs> oh my god and you wrote all that to put all that effort in I guess yeah. you could keep it as a form well, letter for next anyway, time and so yeah yeah so that pissed me off but <clears> they <throat> used a shocking well, well I, I they actually had a, a, a gmail address that looked like it was wrong by one character so I I resent it to what I thought the gmail address would be and I have not had any response mm. and it has not bounced oh, so, okay. Oh, okay. Um, we'll see maybe it got through and maybe I'll well, if it's not a real email address, then I think that's probably a um, a good justification for posting that email and your reply on the Facebook or on your on the website or something like that, because sure people need Maybe. to see that sort of thing. I guess Maybe. it's all been covered, isn't it? Anyway, okay, we do um, what we can. I inserted that there. Um, the skeptic, uh, not skeptics, the secular education network was in court this week. They were indeed. Um, there was even and there were some protesters, people on some the... crazy protesters outside. <laughs> There's some great signs. Holding up signs. What? Was that you guys? Were you there? <laughs> no, no, but Stephen was. And oh, holding up a sign saying, Maths, <laughs> not myths. Yes. <laughs> oh, was that Stephen? Correct. Which would only work in New Zealand because in the US math. it'd be math, not myth. Oh, maybe that might work. Yeah. Well. Um, so I was actually trying to find the articles and stuff about that. So Bible lessons lead to court. So the backstory, as I understand it, is Jeff McClintock is a parent. Um, is it Red Beach School that his child mm-hmm. goes to? Yep. Um, on the Hibiscus Coast. His daughter, Violet, was placed in Bible classes without parental permission. Um, and then they had it. There is an opt-out system where you have to say, no, I don't want my child to be in Bible in schools. So they did that. And then their child, the Violet, got put back in again after they'd done that. Um, oh, this is the quote. This is the great quote. We've probably said this one before. The Bible class teacher from Life in Focus Trust, a volunteer, it says in the article, who was not a qualified teacher, uh, which is one of the points that people keep trying to make. Um, parents did not need to be notified by the cl- because the classes were, quote, history lessons <laughs> as the Bible was factually correct. <laughs> So Jeff McClintock is doing two things. Let me just see if I can find this here, so I can get. Um... Oh, this is the old article. We've probably we've probably read this one out. So he's bringing a case against the Red School Red Beach School Board of Trustees for breaching its duties under the Education Act um, by allowing his child to be put into Bible in schools, and also because the child, um, his daughter, felt like she was being excluded from the classes and i think this is the case where she was put in the naughty corner by the rubbish bin and had to face the wall while the classes were going on in the same room and so they he's go he's putting that out as a uh, as discrimination and and basically um yeah breaching the duties of the, the board of trustees um but he's also bringing a case against the attorney attorney general um for the legislation that allows the schools to close, which he says is inconsistent with the New Zealand Bill of Rights. Yeah. And the, the case that was at the court this week was because um, the, CEC, yeah. um, which is one of the big, is the big provider of 
material and teachers for Bible and school classes. Um, interestingly enough, they're not the provider at Red Beach School because it's the Life and Focus Trust mm. that does that. This is another one of those weird acronyms. Lift Life and Focus Trust. Oh, God, it is too. <laughs> um, at least CEC doesn't seem to be trying to be clever with it. Um, oh, what's the quote from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And someone's saying, whatever the hell SHIELD stands for, blah, 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 blah. What does that tell you? And the guy's like, someone really wanted our acronym to spell SHIELD. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're pointing out the word intelligence or something in, in the acronym. Sure. Um, so, okay, so what was I saying? So CEC, which is the big provider, but not the provider at the school, was trying to get the court to allow them to present evidence in the case that Jeff McClintock is trying to bring yeah. to the uh, to the courts, because they say this impacts them in a sort of a wider, I'm not exactly sure what their argument is, but the wider issue of oh, well, they want to have their say. Basically, yeah. they, they, they want to be able to argue that Bible and schools their should, be, and say, should be allowed here. I wonder if, um, as being a provider, whether they whether the schools actually have to pay to I, um, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, the school. No, there is the a purely it's, all, it's all thing. volunteers. Yeah. I don't think the volunteers get paid. At least they never did when I was. No, sure, but they, they may sort of still um, be charging the school for the materials, for the materials and, stuff. and stuff. And yeah, it'd be worth looking into. They I'm would have sure. some expenses, and they have to photocopy materials and stuff and provide that. So, I'm, yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. Though, it is. If, there's a, if they're making a profit out of that, the CEC is a tr is a trust of some sort. Right. Um, that I, they probably work a lot on donations. Mm. So a lot of the material probably is free, I think. But you're right, that is something which someone should probably be looking into. Maybe the... So you're starting Indiegogo for? Another one. <laughs> education Network probably has thought that, thought about that. Um, okay, so that was that was big news this week. I posted it on my Facebook page and someone, one of my friends um, said, oh, look, that's my mum in that photo. Because... Um, <laughs> My right. mum's just moved here from America, and uh, she's big on the humanism and stuff. Cool. Right. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Back to the agenda. So that's the court case. Mm. Um, and you've done your feedback, which is underneath that. Yes. Oh, great. So anti-vax one... midwives and your experience at work with anti-vax midwives. <laughs> no, 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 not quite. But oh, okay. um, so apparently um, the people who are... Um, Woman who are going to about to have children go and visit a midwife and yes. have babies, obviously. Um, visit a midwife, and um, some of those midwives are providing bad advice and that they are anti vax and saying you should not get um, vaccinated, right? And um, apparently, at the moment, um, there's a bit of a whooping cough epidemic going around, and um, there's sort of a bit of a push on to get pregnant women to have their vaccination for whooping cough and for the flu and that can um, help out the baby because it gives them some immunity before they're born and and obviously if they're born when they're when they have whooping cough and they maternal don't have maternal antibodies is what you're looking for yeah something like that because babies are born with maternal antibodies yes. and they last a little while right Okay. Until the children are old enough to have their own vaccinations. Yes, well, that sounds all very good, doesn't it? But it's some great. of these midwives are anti-vax. Mm, but in my experience, I have a friend at work who is pregnant, and she asked me. <laughs> so you have a friend at work who's a midwife? So. <laughs> no, no. She asked me what the skeptics thought about vaccination, hmm. and, oh, okay. and whether she should get her whooping cough vaccination. 
and um, we had a bit of a conversation in the lunchroom and um, another colleague of mine who is a bit weird in some of her um, thoughts said oh no you shouldn't get vaccines because of the toxins in them and anyway i won the battle and yay, my friend okay. has got vaccinated yay. i sent her some links from science-based medicine great about vaccination and how uh, the anti-vaxxers talk about toxins and it's all crap awesome so a victory good job yay Congrats. well and and the um certainly there's various people around the country who are calling on the um, ministry of health to to look into this and whether there should be some kind of legislation around what midwives specifically yeah and antenatal classes can what kind of material they can give out and stuff Mm. okay Mm. yeah so good job are you looking at me because you want me to do that? Well, we're moving on. Okay. To yes. All right. Delilah. Sort of doing things as well. Ah, Delia's. Do be oh, De- De- oh, sorry. Delia. <laughs> Delilah. Delilah's Delilah. a completely different thing. <laughs> um, so I had, I had a few things uh, I was going to talk about. I've been kind of looking around. Um, one of which was a uh, a device, rather dubious looking device that uh you plug into your computer and it's for um basically masturbating along with a porn film and so they have uh, <laughs> I don't need a device this... for i was that. gonna say no, that's... No, 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 listen let me talk Shh, let me finish. talk uh and this this device uh is something that you put your genitals into right um and the things that are happening on screen are basically simulated um, in the device so it's like an advanced so it's like somebody sort of thing. yeah okay. somebody could be doing things to you and uh it and would seem as though now that's interesting from a um it's the sort of thing i'd like to hear steven novella talk about actually because what was the thing was it last week and he was talking about the people being invisible Oh yes, yeah. Like you, the perception of your body not not being it's, it's very easy to fool visible. your brain into yeah. thinking that you are. And then, you know you have you've got right. the fake arm yeah, and you yeah, touch yeah. the fake yeah. arm and you think. Now that's this is your just arm. something that you put your penis into. Oh, absolutely, and, but it'd be very, uh, it, it would be, be very. We knew that when we knew that you were talking things. about the male version of this because you were talking about putting the genitals into this device. Yes, they, yeah. they it would be a bit more difficult for women. Well, that's just you have to put the device into the genitals for the woman, right? Anyway, I was going to talk about that. And then there was the so I'm I'm kind of torn because then there's also this thing that's going around the internet at the moment about um, how to get rid of computer viruses, which is not really a device; it's just a crystal. Well, yes. Um, and it's based on a book. Um, Given that by, most of our um, podcast listeners probably use computers, that's probably of more value to them. <laughs> um, uh, I think the, although I think the, <laughs> the majority of our podcast listeners probably watch porn as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the real device. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. The magic crystals leads to the really awesome video. Okay, so I think okay. we should talk about Let's that. Let's talk about the magic crystals. Okay, so somebody, this is going all over the internet. It's going kind of crazy that somebody posted a picture from a book um, that said how to co- how to protect your computer from malware, and I've now lost the link to it. But it basically said put agenda. them near um, a computer with uh, um, with malachite. Uh, crystal mm. put your computer in the air a malachite crystal and that will stop it from um doing anything bad there's all oh, these viruses but there was a really cool so it comes from a book um uh, uh like 150 crystals uh to make your life better or something crystal energy 150 ways to bring success love health and money and harmony into your life right 
Uh, and there's a great review. Would you like to read that review? Uh, the top review at the moment on Amazon. <laughs> I'm not on Amazon, <laughs> so I can't wow. see it. Oh, I can find it again. Oh, okay. well, yes. Mary I Lambert. have it right here. Yes. I was having lots of problems with my computer, but then I read that malachite can keep negative computer energies like viruses away. Waving rocks over the computer didn't seem to help, so I decided to go a step further than the advice in the book. I opened up my computer and placed some malachite chunks on the motherboard. It was hard to screw it back together, but it made it, but I made it fit. The viruses are stopped. Of course, the computer doesn't turn on anymore, but that means I don't have to deal with the viruses, and there's no more internet virus negativity radiation leaking into the atmosphere and polluting my home office. <laughs> <laughs> um, alas, on Amazon, the book is temporarily out of stock. It's because it's so popular now that people have been yeah. posting this. But this you're image. right. So, um, but Nathan found a fantastic YouTube video um, by Graham Cluley uh, on uh, magic crystals and viruses in your computer. And we will link to that. It's absolutely. <coughs> well, what I hilarious. thought I'd do actually is I'll play the beginning of it. So if I do this. Nice series of guides to alternative computer maintenance. Many of us have computer problems. In a world filled with technology, even the most spiritual of us can't avoid these complicated machines. I'm going to show you how you can use pendulum dowsing to diagnose your IT problems and offer some treatments. Computers are filled with crystals and produce electromagnetic fields, much like an aura. We're going to use a crystal pendulum to channel that aura. We now ask the computer what is wrong, with the pendulum indicating the answer. Do you need a memory upgrade? As you can see, the pendulum is rotating. This means no. So I'll, um, I might even just paste the whole thing in, but I want people to actually watch the video as well because the just the way they've done put the video together is very, very clever. Right. Um, it's just this old clunky laptop and close-ups of, 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 you know, the old style, old motherboards back yep. in the day with um, right. IDE ports and um, PCI Interesting. slots. Interesting that, that that should come up because I remember back in the back in the early 80s when I was a teenager and experimenting with electronics that I actually read some serious electronics magazines that had articles in it about how you could swing oh, a pendulum God. over a circuit board to locate a fault. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was serious. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Suddenly it all... Um... <laughs> See, I, 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 this video is clearly uh, a piss take. Um, oh, and you said it was... Um... Graham something. Graham something was the article with the original photo on it. This crystal oh, pendulum was, was dowsing Dan. Oh, sorry, dowsing Dan. the name Dan. of the, um, just so we credit things properly. Um, uh, yeah, particularly right at the end when he, I won't spoil it, but um, the, it is possible at points during this video to believe that this is something that someone could actually believe. And now, wow. Okay, <laughs> coming up now, we have an interview that craig and Susie, or Susie by herself or someone did <laughs> i don't know because no one told me anything about it i just got surprised Susie and craig. Susie and craig craig and Susie um, and Susie and craig interviewed tell uh, us tell us what the interview is so Susie. the interview is with a fantastic guy called tom bins who we went to see um as part of the new zealand um comedy festival he has an act uh called um ian de montford 
who is a psychic healer and medium um and his show is hilarious uh there we'll put a link to some of it on um to a thing of it online but yeah we went and met him and had a chat with how he came up with the character and uh it was good fun he's a great guy hmm. it was great cool so uh mm-hmm. let's lead into that now Anyway, so we're here with Tom Binns, and uh, you're um, from the UK, but over for the New Zealand Comedy Festival. Yeah, that's right. Um, so really, I just want to, uh, I want you to tell us who um, Ian de Montford is. Ian, well, Ian is a, a psychic healer, homeopath, wow. spirit medium, cartomancer. He's a, a palm reader, whatever. He'll, he'll do anything. <laughs> and where did the idea, I guess, or the inspiration come from? And, and how long how long ago did Ian start? About 2010. There's a, a very famous magician in the 70s, comedian, called um, Tommy Cooper, yep. who used to, um, in the UK, used to, uh, used to think he was a terrible magician. And he always used to do an amazing trick after you'd been laughing at how bad he was. And that was kind of the model for Ian, but applying that to the uh, to psychics. Mm-hmm. I mean, underneath it all, it's essentially a mind-reading act, <laughs> dressed up as a, a bloke who's pretending to be psychic. <laughs> <laughs> and how has it been received? Like, did, you know, I mean, I presume the sceptics love it. Well, how, how, or does everybody... Astonishingly, and it... it it came as an absolute shock to me when I found this out. Because obviously it came from a very sceptical place. I thought sceptics would really enjoy it. And then the people that really enjoyed it were psychics, people who believed in psychics, and people that regularly went to psychic really? meetings. Wow. They were the people at the stage door wanting autographs and stuff. And saying things... And they'd been laughing at all the right jokes in the right places the whole way through. And afterwards going, oh so funny we know a psychic just like that <laughs> you're like oh god um, and that came as an absolute surprise to me right so it's like the show is being received by two very different groups of people in very different ways <laughs> each group having their belief system reinforced right yeah. well and I guess that's the thing we know happens to people right that the yeah. information you give them yes, nothing you can do so yeah yeah. So, okay. so, the, so the, psych, the people who are psych, who believe in psychics, do you think they actually believe you have some power? Yep. I had an entire review from the Melbourne Comedy Festival that said, clearly this is a comedian with a gift, and he's in denial. He's having a hard time dealing with his, <laughs> his gifts in the modern world, so he's dressed it up as a comedy act and thrown in some extra magic tricks. It's an actual review. Wow. But if you're going to be fair to someone who would believe in that kind of thing, they always say in films and in writing, you show rather than tell. So, although my scripts and my jokes are undermining the world of psychics the whole way through, the actual magic, for want of a better word, the tricks, the cons, are incredibly powerful. Yeah. Mm. And so, for some people, they're more powerful than the, the words that are designed to undermine it all. Right. Oh, I hadn't really thought of it that way. It's kind of... <laughs> We're stuffed, basically, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. I'm giving up caring. <laughs> one, one interesting thing that I have learned through doing this is I start off, started off as an absolute 
skeptical to still am. Um, but part of that belief was that anybody who took part in psychic readings, especially if they cheated, knowingly cheated, clearly 100% bad charlatans. Sure. Yeah. And what I've learned through doing this um, is that's not exactly as black and white as that. They, they genuinely believe they're doing good for people. Yeah. And even when they knowingly cheat, they don't see that as uh, any different, maybe, from a newsreader reading the 6 o'clock news and using autocue. It's not that they don't know the news. Yeah, it's just right. that they've got to get it right every night at 6 o'clock and it's got to be word perfect. And that's such an unusual... When I discovered that, and you know, through reading books and from what they call shut-eye sidekicks, it came as a real surprise. Also, what's interesting as well from my point of view is the more you practice cold reading, the more you are on stage and you're just using it. The cold reading becomes like driving. You don't think about it. You forget even how you got from A to B. So some nights I'll be shooting from the hip, making some fun guesses about people and getting it all right. And I really have to go away and go, how in the hell did I know that? I'm almost like a decompress. Oh, so so we've got to watch for you. You might suddenly... Well, no, because I, I do go through that process. But then it struck me that if... I mean, I'm used to that feeling on stage where in the moment, as an improviser or as a compare, mm. where you say funny things mm. and you don't know where it's come from. Yeah. And it's only... You're like, where, where did that come from? That was so funny. And I just said it in the moment. And I'm sure jazz musicians have the same feeling and big rock musicians where it's almost like now because that feeling I've had as a comedian I understand it I don't know where it's coming from and that was a very secular you know, thing sure. but if for example the only time you've ever been on stage is to talk to dead people and all of a sudden you get good at it and, and you get that same kind of creative inspiration I don't think it I can understand how they might think that might be coming from mm. some divine sure. yeah. other side. So did you did you actually study cold reading yeah. from a book or whatever and learn yeah, how to do it? Yeah, it's a mixture of cold reading and magic that I do, yeah. So yeah, I never, I was really surprised to come up to sort of end up being not any less sceptical, but sort of more sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a weird, a weird place to be, really. But I think lots of people... Lots of people go on that journey. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a medical researcher. Uh, hate homeopaths and, you know, yeah. vitamin peddlers with a passion. But my the way I interact with people who believe in that kind of stuff has changed. From being kind of, oh, for goodness sake, this is all a nonsense, yeah. to kind of thinking about where they're coming from. Yeah. So it's, and it, I think it's probably good. Yeah, it's slightly <laughs> more compassionate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> also, and, and without making any big generalisations, the kind of people that are involved in the fuzzy logic, love and touchy-feely emotional <laughs> things <laughs> are also the kind of people that are more likely to laugh at themselves and have a good sense of humour. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really such a, such a complicated uh, world I've mm. discovered and I'm into. Did I do my homeopathic joke in last year's show? About Ian being a fully trained homeopath. No, I don't think so. So you may, if you're into that, then I must I must do it for you. He says uh, he says I'm a fully trained homeopath, and what I mean by that is I've done a very tiny amount of homeopathic training, <laughs> almost non-existent. But I did have a swim in the ocean once with another homeopath, so that makes me one. Right. So what 
came, did the did the cold reading training and all that stuff come first, or did the idea the, idea. Did, the idea came first? The idea came okay, first. What do, we, what do we do? Have you always been into magic and things though? Never. Okay, um, so that I'm, really was inspired by the character. Oh, massively, and I've, I I went from not knowing anything about magic to now being. I get invited to lecture for like the magic circle and <laughs> and invited to big magic conferences. And wow! Yeah, it's really weird. I've, I've done, I wouldn't call myself a magician, but I think that's me being in denial about being a magician. <laughs> um, it's interesting you talk about the um, maybe starting from one place and ending somewhere else because the, we have um, somebody we're not supposed to mention in New Zealand uh, who's a uh, he claims he can predict the weather. Um, but he started <laughs> off anyway, long term. Long, long term. Long term. Oh, okay. he, he produces an almanac every year for farmers and things. Oh, um, and and they can't even get tomorrow's weather right. <laughs> anyway, but people swear by his stuff. But it's kind of interesting because he wrote a book many years ago, ago called um, Palmistry about basically being able to tell the future from cat's paws cat's or something. Yeah. And it's kind of when you look at the book, it's, it feels like it's clearly a piss take. Oh right. That he maybe started from this kind of. But but now he's a fully blown. No no no, that was never. It was actually serious. It's kind of like the the believing their own hype that you made. That maybe sort of that, yes, they do have these skills. Are you are you telling me the stories of warning? <laughs> <laughs> are you worried? Are you worried? Is this is this a podcast or go over the edge? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say that. Um, it was interesting coming, so I came on uh, what is, well, Thursday to see you, um, and I hadn't, I, last year I'd only ever seen Ian, but obviously this year you, uh, well, there's another character who's yeah. hilarious, um, so that's kind of maybe good that you're mixing them up a bit. The, yeah, yeah, they'll get <laughs> the, funny going the, there. Yeah. <laughs> the uh. long shows of, um, suddenly we don't see you in comedy festivals, we start to see you uh, with your own DVD. And <laughs> I could make a lot more money um, <laughs> A real side piece. That is true. Equally, true. I'd probably make a lot more money being a real uh, mobile DJ than, <laughs> than doing the Ivan Brown. Certainly yeah. would have to travel so far each sure. night for a gig. Yeah, so the so the other character is a hotel, a hotel, hospital, hospital, hospital DJ who's, oh, I mean, it's bloody genius. It's Poor thing. very, doesn't very pay funny. Well, though, does he? <laughs> he's a volunteer, but most hospital-rated DJs would probably do weddings and discos at the right. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. pay more okay. than most stand-ups. So what other characters um, have you got that we don't know about? Well, I um, the new one is another skill I'm learning. Like, I learned the magic for um, for Ian de Montford, where uh, I'm learning ventriloquism, because I think it'll be a, a really lovely tool, really, for comedy. So um, that's what I'm in the middle of doing at the minute. And then I've got um, a, a, a small cast of characters that we're currently in sort of pre-production for for a TV show later. Oh, okay. That we might be making later in the year. It's all set in a hospital, so... Okay, um, so Ian won't be making an appearance He's a porter. Oh. And he's a porter. This is a, before Ian became a full-time okay. psychic. He is a porter, but he's, he's also a healer. Right. And he does his own healing while he's wheeling people between theatre and the bedside. I had a neighbour who was a who was a banker who at night was a clairvoyant on the phone. Brilliant. Sounds very similar. Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Ian's, being a healer and a psychic is a really helpful for um, for Ian because if he's asked to take someone into theatre, he can reassure that person right. and let them know the outcome of the operation. He can say, "You mustn't worry. I saw." Death sat on the end of your bed this morning, but he was smiling, so it's not a bad thing. 
and you're going to be happy on the other side. And I guess this, this will be a good one about um, you'll only get the hits and not the misses, right? Because the misses will be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Yes, he was right. Oh, cool. Um, so what's the lifespans of your characters? Like, how... Um, well, I have not been able to stop doing Ivan Brackenbury. I, right. People get very angry when I try. <laughs> so when did Ivan first appear? Well, as a live act, 2007. Oh, okay, actually, so okay. as a... That was pretty much when you could rely on a computer to play out the sound effects, <laughs> of which there are thousands <laughs> per show. Um, prior to that, he was a, a, a character on the radio, so right. on various right. radio sure. shows and stations. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're going to stay with me. I think as I create more acts, I'm just going to have to keep doing them all. Mm, 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 which yeah. is nice. One, when you get a bit tired of one and you start doing another, mm. it's, a nice, it's a nice change, and then you get excited about the one you got bored of. Right, mm, right. Just because you've been concentrating on something else. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I say it's nice to hear the other things I did enjoy last year. The, the whole Ian de Montfort experience was very... Um, it's very funny. So, oh, yeah, I do hope we've got um, skeptics coming along, and we'll certainly tell the Wellington. Yeah, it's a shame I'm not doing the full show for bringing skeptics yeah. along. <laughs> it won't be the. Uh, I'll go back to do the full hour of Ian because there is something yeah. really yeah. enjoyable about doing a full hour. Yeah. Um, Where do the voices come from? How do you decide? Well, a lot of psychics in the UK have kind of Liverpool accents. Northern. There's a lot from Liverpool. They're all sort of northern and a bit fey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because of that, I thought a Liverpool accent would be too obvious. Right. Sunderland is also quite industrial. It was a shipyard, shipbuilding yeah. town. It's pretty desolate now that the ships and building is gone. And there's just a lovely contrast between that kind of mm. industrial mm. area and the spirits and the universe <laughs> and, the, and all, the, mm. all the woo he comes up with. Yeah. Um, so I just really like it. Also, there's something really syrupy and quite about the Sunderland accent. Mm. And finally, there's a, an agony aunt on British television from the same part of the world who I always feel she oversteps the mark in terms of <laughs> sticking her nose in people's business. So, What's she, what's she on? She's on a show called This Morning, which is oh, like your yeah. good morning. Yeah. Right. Sort of mid-morning mm. TV show. Right. She's, I always find her a bit annoying. So and I love the fact that Ian is um, a psychic reader because it means that he can really get his claws into people's personal life. Yeah, yeah. Like last night's joke when he says um, to a couple, they're going to split up, but the woman shouldn't blame herself. It's not you, it's him. Him and your sister. <laughs> Did I do that one last night? Yeah. <laughs> That's the new one. I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> yeah, and I guess everyone who comes up seems quite game and stuff yeah well the other thing is I think unlike a compare taking a mickey out the front row for the bloke with the big nose or the cheap haircut I think there's a layer of make believe both with the character and what he's saying about people Mm. so people even though what I'm saying about them is really hurtful and quite offensive I think it's everyone's got this protective bubble of it's a show yeah and more so than they would if it was a comedian taking them in actually this is exactly how I felt about that but also the Ivan character that they're that they're actually they're pretty despicable yeah (laughs) but somehow (laughs) because because they're characters yeah they're um, they they kind of I mean Ivan especially gets a little bit of sympathy and yeah. you know that you don't feel quite so he's a grotesque though isn't he really is bless him but he's got that sympathy because he's quite childlike yeah Ian is also 
apparently well-meaning and quite soft-spoken and always yeah. he is offensive it's always accidentally and often yeah. followed up by a love or yeah. darling yeah so <laughs> kind of softens it a little bit so we're not going to be um, we're not going to be getting rid of him anytime soon no absolutely not no That's good to hear. Um, in fact I'm I'm looking forward to doing a got a brand new hour that I'm doing as in at the Edinburgh Festival so okay. maybe I'll bring that to New Zealand the following so, year. So, yeah, so do you come here every year? or was Last three last? years. Okay. And in January for Christchurch Buskers Festival. Ah, mm. okay. So, yeah, come here pretty regularly, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to find out next time you're around. And yeah. It would actually be really cool to get you to one of our skeptics in the pub or something. Yeah, that'd be great. To actually, you know, so that you can have a sort of Q&A with... Um, yeah, they're always really useful. People. I do them back home and... Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so we have one on Monday, but I believe you're already in Wellington. I'm already gone. I'm out of here. You're yep. gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, maybe next time we can yeah, be great. a bit more, mm. more prepared. Any more questions? No. Probably no, really. I'm really looking forward to the show, though. Yeah. Well, you haven't seen me. So, no, no, it's a shame you're coming on tonight. I only get to do 20 minutes, is it? Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, it's enough. I think, um, to get a flavour of it. Yeah, you get an idea of it. Oh, one more question. I see on your Wikipedia page you were yeah. voted in 2002 as one of the 25 sexiest men in the world. Of the world. year. And, now, and your question is, what happened? <laughs> how, I didn't say that. How did you let yourself go? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, I got married and, uh, and <laughs> I've been eating a lot of pies. As all the review, reviewers seem to be taking great pleasure in pointing out this year. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of my reviews has gone on about how chubby I am this year compared to last year. <laughs> Literally the second sentence of the theatre review just said, clearly eaten a lot of pies since last year. How <laughs> um, I, I should be offended, but I can't be bothered. Actually, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Kind of unrelated to your act, but it sort of popped up uh, today. because So I've just taken Eve, my daughter, to see the um, kids' comedy, which was hilarious. And the first thing she said when, was, when all the acts had been was like, where are all the girls? Why? Uh, why is? Yeah. Why? And as a woman in science, there's like, oh man, there's not, there's not huge amounts of women. But in comedy, it seems even worse. Just looking through. So is this in? Because I had a look through the festival program, and there aren't huge numbers of women comics yeah. here. Um, is this something that you're kind of you have any kind of awareness of, or is it, well, is it a New are, Zealand thing? Or? No, it's not a New Zealand thing. It's it's global. There are some incredibly funny women, um, but there just aren't as many women mm. choosing to do it. Yeah. And whether that's because there aren't... You don't know whether that's just the, the role models that aren't. Yeah. some great women Because this is what really, I guess I found really sad, just being at the kids thing, mm. is that if, you know, there's a, there were a whole heap of girls there, yeah. and if it's all just a bunch of guys on stage, um, it was a bit sad, really, that, that yeah. they hadn't managed to find a woman who could... But you'll find that um, they've been um, fairly represented in so much as of all the people that applied. Yeah. The, the proportions yeah. will be the same. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and there are some amazing women comedians. Mm. Um, uh, but also, having said all that, there is an inequality... Uh, in, uh, with the gender um, women do find it harder to make mm. an audience laugh mm. um, and that whether that's the and that's the women and the men in the audience mm. what I found really interesting when I do Ian de Montfort is one year I felt I was picking on the men more than the women and Ian's quite effeminate he's as gender neutral as I can possibly be being a man mm -hmm. so I I divvied up all the 
readings, which are essentially put-downs, uh, fairly across the gender. So, um, and what I found is, particularly with right-on and liberal audiences, mm -hmm. even when the put-downs were gender-neutral, things like... Um, uh, I'm not saying you were necessarily in the top half of your year of school, but you were certainly in the half that made the top half possible. There's nothing, yes. nothing to do with gender. Yeah. I did get a bigger laugh if the victim was a bloke than a woman. Right. Even, even in a well, more, even more so in a in a right on, you know, politically mm. correct audience. Mm. And that's an involuntary noise and sound. No one was thinking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the thing we know about biases is that we're all biased. Yeah, it's right? interesting, isn't it? Unconscious bias. We're all yeah. kind of... Yeah, yeah. that's always makes me laugh when the BBC yeah. say they're an impartial news source. But you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. If you're human, you're not impartial. No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so there is, that, there is that going on. But despite that, and despite that audience bias, there are some incredibly funny women. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I was just, it was especially because I often see these things but wouldn't say anything, but she raised it. Yeah, no, it's a of, fair point. Yeah, girl, the girls. My, um, mm. my wife's just got a job as a comedian, as a, as a funny woman. She's just, uh, she's very funny. And she's just got a job uh, as a, you know, co-host on a radio show. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, she's kind of, always been very funny. What kind of comedy does she do? Mate, he talks about me. <laughs> <laughs> Just tells her people. Life the psychic. <laughs> just tells people what I get up to, and that seems to be hilarious. Funny right. enough, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. thank you very much for your time. Thanks, yeah. Looking forward to seeing you tonight. Thanks it's going to be great fun. Grand. And um, yeah, really, really appreciate you taking your time out. Hopefully, hopefully it's come out. Yeah, thanks. Sure. Sure. You seem to have some big peaks there, so that's that's a good sign <laughs> visually, anyway. Yeah. Wow, that was that was great. Good interview, guys. I'm just assuming that it was going to be good. Of course it was. Of course it was. Um, Unfortunately, I turned I think the phone a, good a bit too early. But yeah. Oh, no. Oh, well. That's all right. Um, and we'll definitely put a link to some YouTube videos so you can yeah. see his act, which I now want to watch because right. it good. sounds awesome. Okay. So the second to last thing. Word of the day. Word of the day. Okay. Firing up by a TDCS device. So... I was tempted to do the first word because but it's not a fair test because either you know what it means or, or you don't or maybe you could figure it out I don't know so Rema was my first thought R-H-E-M-A well, that's the Christian radio which station which is the Christian maybe. radio station right. and it just I saw it in the list and I thought oh that's a good good um, a what good does it test. actually mean that's the thing it's word right Rema means word word yeah you see the word uh, which I thought was actually quite clever. But okay, here's the actual word. I'm going to paste it in so you guys the can actual see rima. it. The actual rima. Rima of the day. Is regescent. Regescent, which I have put there. R-I-G-E-S-C-E-N-T. Regescent. I'm, I'm going to say it's a quality of some sort. Hmm. Yeah, so like iridescent. Something can or have, or yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, my first thought would be that it's some sort of synonym for rigidity, but um, I think that's probably mm. wrong. Rigidity. Um, maybe something to do... Uh, no, because rig is to do with kings and queens, isn't it? Yeah. R-I-G. R-I-G. Well, I have no clue. You don't have a clue? No. Is your answer, you don't know? 
Well, I think his answer is to do with final, rigidity. Final yeah, I think. Well, okay, let's let's go for the rigidity thing. Okay. Okay. Um, rigidity. No, that's not right. <laughs> no idea. Um, take a wild guess. Something to do with outer outer space. Outer space. Yeah. Something to do with the universe. That comes with all bases. Something to do with matter or energy. <laughs> uh, you said outer space is your final answer. Yeah. And the correct answer is regescent, becoming numb or stiff. Which is exactly what happens to you in outer space. Becoming rigid? Becoming rigid. Stiff, rigidity, yes. Oh! I'm going to give you a point for that. And I was really hoping that you were going to settle with your final answer being or you didn't know. Because then I was going to give you a zero. Which would have been hilarious, even though you got it right, mostly. I'm almost hesitant to suggest it, actually, but... um, we should probably spin it around so that I have the chance of trying to guess some words at some stage as well. <laughs> okay. Maybe as a so special So it's just event. a competition between me and Susie. Well, I get points if you guys don't get it. So it is a competition. Right. But oh, okay. And he's winning. Well, well, yes, I know. But you were then just incentivized to make it really hard. Well, I don't. I deliberately <laughs> choose words that you could conceivably guess. Otherwise, I'd just give you words like... Um, uh, radiesthesia was one you could probably have figured out as well. Um, I thought it was probably too easy. Radiesthesia, anyone? <laughs> There's another word of the day. Well, maybe it's... Bonus it's, word of the day, half a point. Maybe the feeling that you get when you bang your funny bone on the, <laughs> on something and it goes numb. Yeah, that's a good try. It's um, sensitivity to radiation. Oh. Radiesthesia. Um, anyway, so that's the word of the day for the day, in a word. Right. Well, now we need a quote then. Um, oh, I don't know, do we? No one really likes the quotes, do they? I like the quotes. No one ever writes in and says, oh, these are the great segments, you should keep doing these. So I'm never sure whether we should be doing the word of the day or... Oh, everyone loves Delia's dubious devices. I think we just assume that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, All right. So. Okay, sorry, quote. Right, Quake. Quake. Give us a quote. <laughs> Quake, give us a quote. <laughs> right, this is from a man by the name of Francis Bacon. If a man will begin with certainties, he shall end in doubts. But if he will be content to begin with doubts, he shall end in certainties. Nice. Actually, similar to a, um, a meme that I posted on Facebook a couple of days ago, which was um, reminded me of someone who we're not going to mention because I think we've just done two months. Something about not feeling personally criticised when someone personally attacked when someone criticises me about something or disagrees with me. Okay, and that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, If you'd like to send us a message or feedback, check out our Facebook page or the Contact Us form on our website, thecusp.org.nz. 